Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The podcast critics have spoken. Has this guy ever actually interviewed anyone before? And? Wow, that was long. And? I don't have time to listen. Very busy. Sounds like this podcast isn't winning any awards anytime soon. Uh, he did win an award in 2011. Stop living in the past. What else with Corey Mann? Wherever podcasts are sold. Isn't it free? Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast with a fair amount of matadas in certainly more than a Hakuna's worth, it's Sif Pop. Why does that sound dirty? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Sip pop with Andrew and Iran. Very nice. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer. He's my witty and world-class co-host, Andrew Ormsby. Ahoy! And each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. How you doing, man? Hi, buddy. I'm good. You? I'm doing very well. Uh, another week, another Disney live-action remake. It seems like it is every other week, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, there's four. Oh, live-action. I was just thinking Disney in general. They own everything. Well, yeah. So. Yeah. But even live-action remakes, this is the... Four, or it's going to be the third of the four this right. year. Right. <laughs> right. What's the fourth one? Maleficent. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Craziness, craziness. Well, we'll get into some discussion uh, about that. Uh, we were looking at the summer sum game before we kicked this off. Somebody's not doing too hot, and somebody's doing pretty good. <laughs> I'm starting to climb. Yeah, it's you nice. Are. This is the time to make a run, and I think I'm making a run. Uh, it really will all depend on uh, if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood cracks the top ten, which no. you don't think it will. No. Uh, it would have to make about 110 million dollars in about a month i'm not gonna lie i'm surprised john wick is as high as it is simply because our rating really does limit who mm-hmm. goes to see the sure movie. yeah and tarantino is also you know he's not for everybody 
Yeah. So I think you're right. I did. I just saw an article that said that the uh, the John w- or not John Wick, but the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood projections had just got like cut down. Now okay. they're thinking it may only make like twenty five to thirty million in its opening weekend. If that's the case, I've got nothing to worry about. Uh, yeah, because Godzilla is sitting at what one ten. One ten. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, if Godzilla comes in tenth and Pokemon in ninth, I think I've got a good shot. Go go Godzilla. And uh, the only other thing will, of course, be Hobbs and Shaw. That's the last piece because Lion King is doing Lion King <laughs> stuff. It's eighty million dollars in its first day. Yeah, eighty. That's one day. No, yeah. it took one day to get on the top ten chart. It's in tenth right now. We had eighty million. It's crazy. It's insane. It's, it's- it's crazy. Look at it's, that. It's gonna. It's gonna be. And we're not even doing video today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. So it'll. It'll be interesting to see. But if you want to check that out again, go to sifpop.com and just click on where it says summer some game. We are coming up to the close. About a month left. So it'll be fun to kind of look at that stuff. I know. This is why I always think, you know, whenever I do my picks, I'm like, I always got to have the ones that come out earlier in the summer higher up because, you know, they just got, you know, more time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to pick anything. Again, if you pick the right one, it can be. I mean, the, the reason I won last year was because of the Meg. It Another had three Jason weeks. Statham movie. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It had three weeks to make its money and it, it managed to crack the top ten in well, three weeks. Well, I think also the fact that nothing came out like mm-hmm. for like three weeks, like which, nothing anybody wanted to see. Which is another reason I think Hobbs and Shaw is going to do really well because after Hobbs and Shaw comes out, it's smooth sailing. Like there's nothing else really. Be- I mean, <laughs> do there's you a- think Statham has the market cap on this particular weekend? <laughs> he's or- about yeah, he's kind of owning it, isn't he? Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I think I think Hobbs and Shaw could crack two hundred million in the month that it's out. I think it's possible. Yeah. So um, I think it's more likely to land somewhere around 150 to 175, which will either put it right above or right below John Wick. So we'll see kind of how that all works out. But it's going to be a fascinating close, and we're excited about it. Um, by the way, I have a question for you in, in your Do We Care. Are we going to talk about Netflix at all? Yes. Okay. And then then I'll wait. I just wanted to make sure and talk about it. We hadn't talked about Is it about a show on Netflix? No. No, oh. no, 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 no. About the the latest projections and the earnings and that kind of stuff. No, Was, don't have all that. All right, well let's talk about that just for a second. Did you hear like their latest earnings report? No. So basically they came out to their, you know, their owners, their investors, their whatever's and said, uh guys, we We're had even. A, we had a bad quarter. They lost subscribers for the first time in the history of Netflix. Really? Um, and if I'm understanding it correctly. Directly. And by the way, I haven't studied this. I've just, you know, heard, seen the articles and, you know, read a bit here and there. So I apologize if I'm getting something wrong. Uh, but I don't do- apologize. This is my bread and butter. <laughs> I get everything wrong. But I do know uh, that they had bad news. Stock Their stock dropped like 20% in like two days after that report. Um, I'm wondering, we talk about Netflix just kind of being one of the givens in the streaming wars. But I'm wondering if all their spending and everything is kind of catching up to them. And if the you know how they're going to maintain through the next few years, I'm wondering if this is a sign of things to come or if it's just a blip in the radar. If it's me taking a guess, I'm going blip. Yeah, yeah, I don't because it could possibly be you know just them reinvesting their earnings as opposed to I, I granted you know they you said there was a drop in subscriptions, but I think that it's just a blip because they got some stuff coming out. Thanks to Comic-Con, you know, releasing mm-hmm. all this new uh, footage of trailers and stuff like that for upcoming projects. They're going to get some people back. 
Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating. I I still think they could learn some lessons. They could quit being so stubborn about um, binge releasing things, like releasing whole seasons. I think they could learn some uh, some things about how people's viewing habits work and how to take advantage of the idea of you know a weekly release or those kind of things that will get people more involved in you know kind of talking about it and that kind of stuff. Uh, so I think the other streaming companies may take advantage of that kind of weakness that they have. I think that that's actually Netflix's strength. Uh, t- I mean, because in what ones, way? Well, because from the dawn of television, it's always been, you know, the weekly release. And then here comes Netflix saying, no, we're going to give it to you all at once. And mm-hmm. that's what people love. Can you imagine if you had to wait week for week to watch every single episode of Stranger Things? Can you imagine how it would dominate the entire summer as people talked about it week to week did podcasts on it week to week did articles on it week to week do you remember game of thrones the week to week of game of thrones do you understand what i'm saying like there's there's i i mean i get what you're saying there's there's this i want it all i want it now but i think sometimes we don't realize that 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 there is something to be gained on their end by spacing it out because they could have dominated the conversation, not to mention the fact that they could have had people subscribe, maybe who are subscribing just for Stranger Things. Now they're subscribed for at least two months as opposed to just subscribing for a month and binging it all and then unsubscribing or whatever somebody might do. I know most people probably aren't doing that, but I don't know. I just I think there's human nature likes routine. And, you know, every Sunday night, a new episode of Stranger Things drops. That becomes an event every single Sunday night. My event is, uh, what am I going to binge this day? Right, right. And, you know, they're dropping a thing a week, it seems like. Yeah, Yeah, it's fascinating. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, Good Uh, podcast today. What's that? We got a good podcast coming today. Oh, it's going to be fun. We've got uh, a lot of fun stuff. We've got a really good uh, SIF quest that was sent in to us that I'm excited to talk about. Uh, Of course, we've got our buried treasure. We're going to talk about Lion King. We're going to do best ever movies uh, that take place in Africa. Mm -hmm. It's a good topic. A lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, And, of course, review the new Lion King, but... Of course, we're going to kick it off with some Do We Care. Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss, and we must decide whether or not we care or not. Number one, by the way, Aaron, with Comic-Con going on, there is so much news getting dropped, you know, left and right. I was going to say, you've got plenty to talk about. Yeah, so I'm just picking three things, and there's going to be people like, well, why didn't you talk about this, or why didn't you talk about that? I'm like... I just picked three things. I'm like, yeah, we could have had an entire podcast episode just dedicated to all the news that came out this right. week. But number one, Netflix, the Netflix show, 13 Reasons Why, is editing a scene out of the first season in which a character's suicide is actually shown. The show had come under heavy scrutiny years ago for showing the graphicness of the act, but will no longer display it. Do you care? I really do care about this. Have you seen the show? I have not. Me neither. Okay, so I'm speaking from ignorance as far as the details of this show. I will say, I think we need to pump the brakes on uh, editing uh, the past. Uh, and the reason I say it is is for this reason. Uh, the past is the past. It already exists. This is something interesting in that it's a recent past, right? Yeah. Um. And, and maybe maybe if I knew the specifics of this, I would come down. I'm not actually coming down on either side necessarily. I'm I'm just saying in general, I'm thinking of let's say Dumbo. Disney has released edited versions of Dumbo without the crow scene, without certain things, that kind of thing that are problematic scenes. 
I get that. I understand the desire not to put that into the world anymore. Yeah. But at the same time, we cannot erase our mistakes or we stop learning from them. So there's this there's this interesting balance of, you know, uh, free speech versus, you know, the desire to do the right thing, avoid harm, those kind of things. So and I do think it's a balance somewhere. Yeah. Um, in this particular case, I probably I haven't seen it, but probably would come down on if it's graphic that it doesn't you know necessarily need to be in there. Yeah. Um, but there are some graphic things in some pop culture that are there for a purpose. Yeah. Right. And so I don't know. It's just a weird a weird culture where we can mess around with stuff. Yeah. I think the basic premise of the show is a young girl commits suicide, but she leaves recordings for uh people Mm -hmm. who i guess were either the cause or had something to do with her committing suicide and she's letting them know the reasons why she did it Mm -hmm. i think that's the premise of the show so uh i can understand you know the whole mental health thing is a very sensitive subject you know i think the best thing to do in this case would not be to edit possibly just have a uh what uh, a warning you know before mm-hmm. the episode you know this. i think warnings are great i think warnings are really important yeah uh and i love what euphoria is doing with not only their warnings but also with giving the phone number at the end of every episode you know where to get help on these certain things like that's really valuable to yeah. me um i think we just have to be careful about ignoring the reality of the darkness yeah. of the, the world we live in, the life we live, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we do we do a good enough job ourselves at polishing our lives, you know, through social media, through whatever, you know, all the good stuff, you know, goes on yeah. there. And I get it. That's the stuff you want to present. I'm no different than you. I'm the same way. I want people to see the good stuff that happens in my life. Um, however... Privately, with people we care about, with people we're close to, we need to have those relationships where we can also be authentic about the darkness and the bad stuff. And that may even be with a therapist or, you know, somebody you're seeking help from, you know. So, uh, but I, it's just, it's interesting how pop culture tries to uh, battle with that and tries to figure out what its role is. And I, I don't, I don't begrudge it, you know, like there's, I can't imagine making those decisions sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I do, I do like the idea of giving warnings, but including the darkness for us to wrestle with, struggle with yeah. those kind of things. Not everything is sunshine and rainbows. That's correct. Granted. And almost, not everything is, you know, yeah, darkness ex- and pitchforks. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number two. Yep. Lashana Lynch, a black female British actress is reportedly going to be the next 007. Mm-hmm. This news issued in a new era of civil discourse and calm debates, the likes of which the internet has never seen before. <laughs> Aaron, what are your thoughts on this news? <laughs> oh, that was great. It's just the sarcasm was just sitting there right on the surface. Yep. Just ready to be ready to be uh heard uh you know get over it is part of what i say to people who are upset about it i mean it's i i'm not going to call this person out i do have uh, a friend at least in the past uh and i haven't uh talked to them about this at any point recently 
who was very particular about when a character has an ethnicity or has a gender, it should stay that ethnicity or stay that gender. That was just their feeling, no matter what that ethnicity or gender was. I don't subscribe to that because I think it's valuable to explore different ideas of these, especially these um, iconic characters. It's all make-believe anyway, right? Like, yeah. So if we can explore different ideas in, in representation, I've come to understand so much more about how representation is important. I'm, I'm a white dude. Representation was never an issue in my life. There are, you know, a majority of white dudes out there doing all the roles and all the different things for most of yeah. my life, right? You know, <laughs> I mean, that's just the way it's been. So yeah. I don't, what I'm saying is I don't necessarily, con- I can't connect to it the way, uh, you know, a young black person might or the way a female might or, you know, an Asian American might or whatever the case may be. Um, and so to be able to have that empathy and go, you know what, it's time. That's great. Now, there's a secondary thing with a bond thing where I don't know that it's been answered. Um, are they saying she will be 007? That's where I was going to say. Or are they saying, Everybody's freaking out. I'm like, she's not James Bond. Right. She's 007. 007. Right. So there's this other element of I, they're not even really going there. Because I'd be Daniel, fine if, Daniel Craig is still James Bond in the right, movie. Right. It's just that she is he's retired. She's taking the mantle. Yeah, she's the new 007, I which think, is a code name. Right. She's not James Bond. She's here, not Jamie Bond. Here here's the thing. I I I would love to see James Bond played by a black woman. That'd be fine, and I think that's kind of what we're getting, but it's weird for people to have this reaction especially when it does like you say appear that it's that it's a passing of the mantle. It's not that it's a same person being portrayed yeah so and it, yeah it's, i think it's a whole lot of hubbub about nothing really yeah and i hopefully this doesn't come across as like i have a black friend who said this or anything like that <laughs> right. but uh, i have a guy black friend and a female black friend and they both said basically the same thing which i found interesting i know they don't speak for the entire female sure. no, or we get african it. We american get it. community we always like talk that. about grace here on sifpop exactly you you, you you speak, and if you yeah. mess up, then we'll talk about it, but we're good. We've got Grace here to say it. They're not happy about this, really. Oh, interesting. What are their thoughts? They think that this is pandering, that it's if you want to create a, a black character or a female character that's a cool, suave spy, give us an original character. You don't need to you know, take something f- that was previously white and then make it that. You could. It's much more, I guess, what did they say? It was... Not endearing, but much more power or powerful. Like if it's originally, like unique to for them, you know. Cough, I, cough, atomic blonde, cough, cough. You yeah, know, ex- like- that's exactly what I kept thinking. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, atomic blonde, original character who was awesome. Yeah. Um, you know. And yet we may not get another atomic blonde movie. You yeah, know what I, know. I mean? Which is crazy because that movie was amazing. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, yes, this is this is the weird balance. We talked about this in regards to uh, the uh, the rise of the Galkeries in uh, the Avengers movie. Uh, you know, where all the the women get together and you know have the rush. Oh yeah. And I have women friends who said it was pandering. You know, they didn't appreciate being pandered to. Same with Captain Marvel. I have a couple women friends who felt pandered to in Captain Marvel. But at the I'm just a girl. But at the other end of that, there is representation and there yeah. is an effort there. And I, you know, I think we have to have the freedom for each of us to have our individual reactions, our individual responses to these things. Um, and at this 
the same time, you can't know the motives of people and what makes it pandering versus what makes it powerful yeah. it almost comes down to the motives of, of why they're doing it. It's pandering if they're just doing it because they, you know, want more women fans and they want women to cheer. They want more black, you know, fans and in, in that community to cheer. Yeah. That may be a little bit pandering. But if they're if their heart is, hey, representation, you know, girl power, we want people to know I must say black power, that's you know, a whole different you know conversation <laughs> yeah. that we, we don't need to get into. Uh, but yeah, especially but, two white guys. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but yeah, but I think there's there's this thing where that motivation kind of makes the difference and we can't know that motivation, so we each have to process it in our own ways. Yeah. And I think it's healthy for some of some of us to say, I feel pandered to, and for some others to say, Man, that's meant the world to me all i know is when i saw that moment in the avengers movie with you know the female superheroes mm -hmm. there were like you said there was little girls who was like the, yeah the high-pitched cheers were deafening and yeah. it, it like i almost it almost brought a tear to my eye because yeah. i was like that's representation all i know is when i walked out of black panther and the black family walked out behind us that the little little boy was like that was like me you know that's yeah. the, that's the thing that I don't think we can undersell is there are children growing up now seeing these better representations, these full representations of the world around them, including yeah. themselves. And that's I, I, that to me is why it's valuable, even if some feel pandered yeah. to. And I understand that. Yeah. So. And I'm not trying to take away from what you just said, because no, I 100% no, no, totally. agree. But, you know, there's going to be people who is like, yeah, well, Black Panther was originally a black character or Captain Marvel was originally a female. They sure. didn't change, sure. you know, which I'm with you. I don't care. My only issue is whenever a gender or an ethnicity is part of that character's actual like driving force of the story right. that I have an issue with. I always go back to the Dark Tower and how mm -hmm. they uh, change. Well, they change so much about that <laughs> book for the movie. But I said that an issue with it is... Yes, I'm okay with Idris Elba, you know, being uh, Roland Deschain, but there's an, a, a part, a very prominent and powerful story arc where he comes across a woman who is part of the um, <clears throat> the social injustice movement for African Americans and stuff, and that she didn't trust white people and she didn't trust him because he was white. I'm like, mm. well, that's going to be an issue. Yeah, if then you Idris have, Elba. You, you have to leave that that storyline behind. Yeah. Which or the, figure only, out how to do it differently. Exactly. Kind yeah. of thing. So not yeah. only did they leave that story arc, they left out the entire book. Which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's the way they took care of that. And, <laughs> and this has been two white guys talking about representation. I, I don't think there's an issue with us talking about representation. I just don't think that we can really say we truly understand what it means. Totally. To, yeah. Totally. Number three. Yep. Turns out producer Phil might have some competition as Prince Eric and the Little Mermaid. <laughs> some nobody named some nobody named Harry Styles thinks he should be the one to kiss the girl. Is he is he wanted or is people just saying he should get it? No, I think they're looking at Harry Styles. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a great choice. Nah, Phil. <laughs> Phil's Phil. too old. No, he's not. Yeah, it's the optics. Phil's aren't a young right. spry guy. <laughs> No, I, I like it. It's age appropriate. It feels right, you know. No. Um, he can obviously sing. So, although did, did Prince did Eric, Eric sing? <laughs> Maybe he'll get some of the songs. Yeah, is is he gonna get the? Uh, I almost said a whole new world, but that's not. No, 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 uh, no. Uh, so. 
You can't I get kissed the girl. Where the people are. Yeah, no, can't have that one. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't I don't know. What's the Prince Eric song? He I need to have... freshen up on my uh my little mermaid. Yeah. I have feet. I can walk. <laughs> walk now. I don't remember that song. Yeah. Well, you'll hear it in this live action remake because apparently that's the thing. You gotta make up a you new original least, song. Right, because you gotta have an Oscar contender for best song, so you gotta make up a new one. Exactly. I think that is an amazing segue <laughs> <laughs> into the Lion King. Was that it then? That's gonna wrap it up for Do We Care. All right, very nice. Let's do it. Let's talk a little bit bit about 2019's The Lion King. Everything you see exists together in a delicate balance. While others search for what they can take, a true king searches for what he can give. Run away, Simba. And never return. The Lion King 2019 is the Lion King, guys. Really, what else do I need to say? Do you really need the plot synopsis here? Hamlet. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, all right, let's talk about this. Uh, yes, Disney is continuing to do quote unquote live action remakes, although this stretches the. They're calling them reimaginings, so let's go with that. Not sure there's necessarily a ton of imagining going on here, uh, but let's talk a little bit about the brand new Lion King. King, did you uh, like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? High side of okay. High side of okay. Yeah. I'm on the low side of okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I am just teetering on the edge of didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's very interesting for me because I recently with Aladdin was in the boat of, you know what? I'm just going to embrace that I like these Disney remakes. They're a lot of fun. The nostalgia is <gasps> enough for converted? me. converted? <laughs> This is the movie that I watched and went, oh, this is what people are worried about. Yes. Because, because this is the movie where things other people have said about other movies, like I know you've said it about Beauty and the Beast. Um, it would be harder to say about Aladdin, but um, but I've never, I've never felt, even when I watched Beauty and the Beast, there was enough added to it. The, there was enough depth added to the characters, those kind of things that I was like, okay, there's something more to grab onto here. And there is nothing new here. Like this is, yeah. this is, and I don't mean literally, of course there's a few, I mean, it's a half hour longer. Of course there's some new stuff here. Um, different line readings, those kind of things. But I mean, 80% it's, of shot for shot. It's about as paint by numbers as you can get. Uh, the example I, I, I was thinking was, do you remember having tracing books? Did you ever have tracing books? Yeah. So these were these were these books where kind of like a coloring book, but they had a sheet of kind of see through yeah, where you tracing paper over, over them. Yeah. And then you just trace over the pictures. It's like a Lion King tracing book. Yeah. Sure, you can tear out that trace and it looks a little bit different, but you're basically just tracing over the exact same thing. Uh, down to the point of even, you know, one voice is exactly... Yes. They should have just used his original lines. Yeah. I don't even understand why he had to re-record them. Yeah. Um, it, it is... It is... Because his original co- recording was better. The it, it is absolutely exactly 
the negative things that everybody has said about these movies. And in this case, the for the first time in forever. You get it. I get it. So having said that, this probably actually, yeah, very confidently is the best CGI I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, let's start the. I, I mean, as far as positives go, that is the big positive. the The technical achievement here is astounding. Yeah, like you can like. There's been movies where I've been like, "Oh man, the CGI was incredible." I think this is on another level. It is as close to realistic as I've ever seen. There is no uncanny valley. This looks real. Yeah, it's a nature documentary. Yeah, it, it looks like they shot with actual lions, actual animals, which can be to its detriment. Oh, it absolutely is 100% to its detriment. Because lions don't have expressive faces. Well, you know, what's interesting is lions do have expressive faces. They just just don't have human expressions. You know what I mean? And, uh, oh, man, everything's going to lead into a negative for me, even though we're talking about the technical achievement here, which is absolutely breathtaking. I'm going to agree with everything you say. It's... I will tell you just right now, Mm -hmm. this technical achievement is why I'm on the high side of okay. Just because it's so stunning. It's so stunning. It it really is. It's it, in some ways it's it's almost a proof of concept movie. I heard somebody say, "Why didn't you just make like a just the circle of life opening thing, right?" As a demo reel, like we can do this now. You know, you don't need to do the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, I almost got emotional because of how good the Circle of Life opening just, you know, it was a shot for shot. I'm like, oh, my, it just looks so good. Yes. It looks so good. But then they started talking. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the thing. This is a movie that will remind you why animation has strengths that live action doesn't, that photorealism doesn't. Animation can do things with characters, with expressions, with over-the-topness that you can't do when you're trying to be authentically photorealistic to the world around us. And because of that, so much of this movie, 95% of this movie, feels lifeless. It just feels like there's nothing... To connect to emotionally, uh, even with the nostalgia of the music. Um, I just can't wait to be king is one of my favorite cinematic moments of all time. I love that scene. Uh, it's weird here. It is. Do you do you remember much about the original animation? With oh the, yeah, they had the like tower they had a tower of, of giraffes on top yeah. of elephants, on yes. top of anteaters, and, and stuff. here you, you know what they do because they have to keep it authentic and photo real. They just, run, they just they run behind them. Yeah. And I'm, and it's just like that's boring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't. And, and here's the thing: what are you supposed to do? That I mean, how would you do? How would you do it? Anybody? You can't do the tower, not with what, yeah. not with what you've decided to do here. And the other part of all these animals running behind them and singing this song with them is, uh, and it, they're supposed to be the chorus of this song. Not for a second did I believe those animals were the chorus of that song. Yeah, And I had moments throughout this movie, even with the voice acting, which is another thing we can go into. I think the voice acting is terrible. In Very this much so. It is one of the I, worst cast. Like, I, I mean, will say this, Chiwetel Ejiofor's scar is horrible. It's really bad. And, yeah. I mean, give me Billy Eichner. Billy Eichner and, and Seth Rogen. As Seth Rogen's fine, but I, I would even just zoom in right on Billy Eichner and go, okay, that's great. Yeah. Everything else at best 
is okay. Donald Glover was nothing to me as Simba. And, and Beyonce is just, like, yeah. just I, I don't even understand what she's trying to do with her line deliveries. It's, Here's how I looked at it. I think they just, you know, they, they got the, uh, what's, what's it called? They, uh, the uh, the script reading, you know, like mm-hmm. in, where they just get the entire cast and they do a run through of the script. I think they just recorded that <laughs> and then just use that audio because there's no emotion uh, in no. anybody's emotion or uh, what am I trying to say? Like uh, your reflection when you're speaking and stuff, all that comes out in facial expressions as well. So that one two punch is is hard the 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 one two punch of both the delivery that they're doing and the fact that these animals can't yeah. express like the animated animals can yeah um just strips the energy from these performances uh and it's it's re- it's really rough yeah. i was i was very disappointed in the voice performances got a question for you yeah can you feel the love this afternoon <laughs> Because that because that song never takes place at night. Yeah, <laughs> the sun is out. It's shining. Uh, also, uh, I do. By the way, uh, we are not doing a spoiler cast if on you've the Lion seen King ninety three or whatever. Lion there King are jokes in in here that maybe you'd consider spoilers because they're new jokes. Yeah. For instance, you just reminded me of the joke after I think Billy Eichner says it after that song is like we've been singing this song for four <laughs> years or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you were four hundred pounds. You gained four hundred pounds <laughs> since we started, started singing. The song. Yeah. Yeah. Which so. is a hilarious line. Yeah. You know that's kind of meta in a way. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I laughed, but it also kind of took me. I'm like, oh, you're self-aware. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, that. And one other moment is the other somewhat positive thing I have to say about this movie. Is it the be our guest? Line? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Those two <laughs> moments in particular um, are the moments where I go, okay, this is funny. Now yeah. they both involve Billy Eichner because yeah. he's killing it in this yeah uh he is timon he really is uh so but other than that man it was kind of a a bummer of a slog to sit through keegan michael key was pretty good as a i don't know i could not get past the fact this is this to me is the is one of the primary examples of why you should cast for character and not names yeah because I could not get past almost with every performance, the, these actual lions or hyenas would be on the screen, nature documentary style, and then a voice would come out. I'd be like, oh, Keegan-Michael Key is standing in a vocal booth somewhere dubbing yeah. this over. Yeah. Like, like in my brain, I'm seeing Keegan-Michael Key in a vocal booth. That's not what's supposed to happen during a movie. Yeah. I'm supposed to be involved. You're supposed to be immersed, not, you know, taken yeah. out, wondering it's, about it, other things. It, yes. It, it was, <laughs> in many ways, it, it felt like a, a much less funny of bad lip reading on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> it, it just felt dubbed. Yeah. And, of course, it is dubbed. That's the whole point. But it shouldn't feel that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was rough. My favorite song in the original Lion King is Be Prepared. And... I can't think of a worse remastering or reworking of a song ever. Can you even call it a song? Mm. Yes, you certainly could call it a song. Yes. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. And then, yeah, they had, what was it that you had the original, the new original song, Spirit, or whatever it was, you know? Which is it, out of like, nowhere. Out of nowhere. Out of place. It doesn't match anything. 
Yeah, and, and just and it's it's there and gone quickly. The other original song I think played over the credits. I forget what it was. Oh called, yeah, the Elton but, John song. But uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, the only thing I can say positive about something like I'm grasping at straws here. I know I'm grasping at straws. But to say something positive about the themes and message of this movie, I think this movie does a much better job than the original at portraying the overall theme of um, taking responsibility. It's there in the original, but what this one does better is it, it really shows you Hakuna Matata is a negative philosophy. Yeah. As opposed to the original. the I think it's there in the original, but it feels so fun. And so it just feels like, yeah, no, we're, like it's a good thing. But in yeah. this one, they make a, a pretty good point of understanding, oh, wait, when you say no worries, you're abandoning your responsibility to yeah. actually do something about the world around you. It's a praising of lethargic attitude. Right. So this, this movie does have a little bit of better a handle on that, because when you really think about the themes in this movie, you've got... Scar's philosophy of when I am king, I take what I want, yeah. no matter the consequences. I do it because I want it. Very selfish. Yeah. The other side of that exact same philosophy, just at the other side of the activity spectrum, is Hakuna Matata, yeah. which is a very selfish, I do what I want, which means I don't do anything. Yeah. So it's 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 an it really is an interesting theme and an interesting dichotomy and I think this movie does point the the light on that a little bit better but not enough I mean not enough to make it like a wow moment or anything yeah. it was always there this movie just brings it into focus in a few different ways there's uh, Timon has a couple of lines about about the line as mm -hmm. opposed to the circle of life yeah know, it's a line the, yeah exactly so that whole thing brings that into focus a little bit better so I guess minor props for that but again yeah. none of that is enough just to get over the fact that I just feel like I'd rather be watching the original. That's exactly what it comes down to. I've always said with the quote-unquote live action, the reimaginings, if you're going to do it, you can't do it for every single property. You have to do it for properties you know you messed up on. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is you can look at Aladdin. They realized, you know, we westernized it too much. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't really a... A representation of the culture that we were trying to depict. I can understand with the upcoming Mulan, you know, in case I, I, I've obviously I'm just ignorant, so I wouldn't know if there's any, you know, cultural misrepresentations or anything like that. That makes sense. This movie here is a cash grab and nothing else. It's saying, hey, we made a movie back in the 90s. We're going to take that script and we're just going to try and make it look prettier. Give us money. <laughs> yeah that's it yeah and it's just a even i can even look at maleficent you know which aren't good movies but at least they're trying to do like a wicked like kind of hey you know maybe there's just maybe another side of the story you never thought about well like i said this is the this is my first experience feeling like there's not enough added value for the effort uh i think cinderella had some great added stuff about the difference and how she handled uh, her situation uh with the prince i thought that was really beautiful i actually like maleficent uh i think it's an interesting perspective to see it from maleficent's yeah. point of view uh even dumbo a movie i hate by the way it's just an awful movie yeah but it it does do some things differently it's it not is, racist <laughs> that's right well and it's trying to do something different uh with that story 
Uh, it just didn't work. But this is the first time I've sat through one of these and been like, this is this is just the ROI is just not there. There's the return on yeah. investment for this is just I give me the original. It's it's just that's what I want to watch. See, I first saw it in Beauty and the Beast. I'm like, everything that I'm seeing here, yeah. well, we, I, I like better in the animated version. Yeah, we've, Just like here with Lion King. We've talked about that, and we don't need to rehash it here. I would recommend heading back into the Sif Pop archives and... Yeah, we had a fun convo about and, it. And listen to our, our conversation on Beauty and the Beast, because I do disagree with that. I, I yeah. see a lot in Beauty and the Beast. Well, but. I was outvoted on that when it was you and Danae. Oh, Danae, saw, Danae liked it too, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I was the odd man out. <laughs> <laughs> you're just sticking up for it, man. You're just yeah. you're, you're in there, you know, giving it a punching chance. Yeah. Uh, anything else we want to say about this? We're not we're not doing spoilers, so no. this will be a final opportunity to. I think we we covered all the really bad parts and the few you know bright spots. Yeah. Um, you know, give me honestly. No post credit scene. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I have to say. Uh, I'm just thinking this. I really wish instead of remaking The Lion King this way, they would have remade The Lion King one and a half. Have you ever seen The Lion King one and a half? The Timon and Pumbaa movie? Yes. Just because Billy Eichner was so good. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, that would have been brilliant. I had a thought during the movie, and it would have been too weird, and I don't think it would have worked, but I would have given them props for this. No dialogue. Just actually, like, try and make, like, a fake... I had the same thought. Did you really? I really did. Yeah, like... What if they made this with no dialogue? They but just actual had, animal but, noises. Yeah, exactly. We know the we plot. Know the, we know, we the know plot. what's going on. I had this exact same thought. Did you really? Yes. And I was like, that's really stupid. It would never work, but I love the thought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a movie I would respect. Yes, exactly. They're trying something new. I mean, it's more culturally representative of lion's actual behavior <laughs> trying to westernize them with english tongue no, 50 years from now when we have uh, when we've perfected the invention that allows us to understand the actual thoughts of animals yeah. and animals are a bigger part of society and mm-hmm. we're moving towards some sort of zootopia uh, we will have Disney will re- have to redo these. Yeah, and, uh, they really will be more respectful. Finding Nemo is going to be just a <laughs> horrifying movie with everything. You called ter- us clownfishes. Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> I was going more along the lines of just how terrifying the ocean is. It's going to be a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, I, I don't shame. Have any, That's I don't a have, shame. I don't have anything else either. I, I landed like I said on the low side. I liked it. I wouldn't recommend it. I'd recommend staying home and watching the original. Yeah. You know, popping in that or streaming it from somewhere. Oh, man. I don't know because it looks so good. This movie looks so good. And and you can't get that at home, you don't think? Like just watching a... No, you could. A scene not, from it or something? Yeah, you could probably I mean, still... Do you need more than a scene to see how good it looks? I guess there are those moments where... Like the the moments where it's like zoomed in on a beetle or something. When it's, it's like just close like, up on Rafiki's face, mm-hmm. I'm like, they got a baboon. That's yeah. a real baboon. Yeah. Some of that stuff, some of the changes they made with Rafiki were interesting too. So I don't know that they were speaking great. speaking English but totally, was he? No. Um, that was it. They decided to have him do Simba's face on the tree differently, I'm guessing. Didn't he smash bugs the first time to... 
to paint it on there or something? No, it was like he like he squished the fruit or whatever. He like took dirt and like fruit juice and he Okay. So that was not, a little not bit fruit, different. Like the fruit of juice, not fruit juice. And then there was this whole circle of life thing with a dung beetle. Oh my and god, a that giraffe. was the dumbest thing ever. That was the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> I mean, I get the point of what you're trying to do. Yeah. But if you're going to do it, just go all out, man. Show the giraffe pooping. You know yeah. what I mean? That is the circle of life. Yeah. I mean, they took a five-second scene of, you know, him falling, like Simba falling down in the dirt, and then, you know, the puff of sex. Uh-huh. Do you remember <laughs> yes, that? the sex puff. The yes. sex puff. And For those who don't know what we're talking about, it was uh, the... What would you call it? Rumor, paranoia, Have you not urban seen, legend. It really is. I've went back and I've watched nah, the actual. It wasn't intentional, is what I'm saying. Uh, Disney's hidden a lot of stuff. Uh, see, in that's their the movies. thing. I think I think that's overblown. I think the the Little Mermaid buildings Weenie. are are proven. That was yeah. I, they've talked they've, about they've the because changed. Anim- they've changed those. Yeah. Beyond that, uh, there, yeah, like the the one in Aladdin where he's like. Uh, Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. I take forget. off your clothes. Yeah, or, come yeah. on, girls. Take off your clothes or yeah. something like that. It's just none of that's. I don't think any of that is is real or intentional. And the sex puff, I, I don't believe is intentional either. <laughs> I think that's that's too many people with a pause button making things up. Yeah. Anyways. Anywho, they took a five second scene and they drew it out to like two minutes of nothingness. Like, well, you get it, right? It's supposed to be the circle of life. It's supposed to be. I know what it's supposed to be, but they're treating us like we don't understand what the circle of life is. Right. Like, I know we had Mufasa explain, you know, with the antelope and stuff earlier. But I don't know if the audience really understood, so we're just going to show them. And by the way, that's not the circle of life. Yeah. A piece of, you know, hair falling off of a lion and getting accidentally eaten by a giraffe isn't the circle of life because nothing's being born out of the hair. It's still a hair when it leaves Simba to that poop-covered hair that that baboon grabs and sniffs, and he's like, oh, Simba's alive, and there's a giraffe that needs more fiber in his diet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was not that was not a uh, a great addition. Let's no. just say that didn't, that didn't do a lot for me. Uh, so, I guess you're right. I guess uh, I, I saw it in IMAX, by the way. Oh, wow. And the entire movie is IMAX. Fills up the entire screen. They, they shot the whole thing in IMAX. I bet that's cool. Um, so, it was, it was stunning. It really was stunning. Is it worth your... 12 bucks stunning maybe not is it worth a slot in your movie subscription service stunning yeah yeah for sure throw it in your you know it's you got a good tv this is a movie to see yes for the spectacle alone yes or at least portions of it you know what i mean like the stampede is great circle of life is great is that it visually no yeah yeah, that's what i'm talking about visually I'm trying to think. Um, nothing else, really. Is. I mean, it, it it all is spectacular. I mean, it's all stunning. But you're right. Those There are those moments that are yeah. obviously more stunning than others. Exactly, yeah. So the fire was pretty stunning um, at the end. Oh, at the end, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I found it interesting. Yeah. Visually. That's it. But that, that is really it. is it. It's just pretty movie. Yeah. You ready to move on? Let's do it. All right. Let's do our best ever challenge. Uh, This week, we are doing best ever movies set in Africa. Uh, We will go from number five to number one, and then maybe do some honorable mentions. I got a lot of honorable mentions. I have 21 movies total, so I have 16 honorable mentions, but I don't have to mention them all. I have 12. 
Uh, so very similar. We'll probably have a lot of the same movies. Probably. Um, do you want to start? Oh, uh, sure. I'll start off with Hotel Rwanda. Okay. I have that at number four, so we can go ahead and talk about it. Okay. Don Cheadle, man, killing it in this movie. Yeah. No pun intended, because he's actually one of the few people in the movie not killing. Horrifying, horrifying, uh, you know, true story, you know. You, you talk- but it's also, like, powerful. We talk about the darkness of our world, like we did earlier. This yeah. is the kind of movie that is willing to take us to an awareness of how dark the world can be. Mm-hmm. And I think we've, it's so easy for us in our air conditioned homes and our you know, beautiful life to forget that so much of this world is dealing with violence and uh, military coups. And I mean, a lot of the stuff going on in that area has to do with child soldiers. Yeah. And it's just, it's mind blowingly traumatic to think about, but it's important not to forget. You feel helpless. Like you don't know what you can do to make a That's difference, it. but it's important, I think, to understand it and at least, yeah. you know, be engaged with it. Yeah. Like so. when you understand the uh, the gravity of what happened there, tens of thousands killed before the sun went down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think people have died that quickly since Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Right. Like when you put it in that perspective, it's mind blowing that something so horrible happened. Yeah. No, but I totally agree. The performances in that movie, I think Joaquin Phoenix is in that movie as well. Um, him, It's just Don Cheadle, like gives one of his... It probably his best performance ever. Yeah. Uh, so that's your number four. Yeah, my number five was Black Panther. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I I think it's a great movie. It's honorable mention for me. Yeah. Yeah. So Super good. I don't know. I I feel like we've talked about the Marvel movies so much. There's not necessarily <laughs> a lot more to say. And we actually already kind of talked about Black Panther a little bit. A little bit. Uh, yeah. In this episode, uh, but just to state again, it's just it's a beautifully culturally specific movie in a way that i think is is fascinating with also and, one of the greatest villain performances yeah, of michael all time. b jordan kills it in the movie so good yeah so my number four yeah the last king of scotland Ooh, i'm glad i'm glad you had it in your top five i had it in my honorable mentions but yeah give it some love oh man forrest whitaker being terrifying and james mcavoy um this movie is one of those movies that not only makes you, you know, aware culturally, and this is going to sound weird, but I, it was so prominent for me when I saw it, um, environmentally, just how hot and, you know, just like everybody just looks so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And you know that that environment, like that painful, unforgiving environment is like a driving force for a lot of, you know, anger and hate you know people are just like oh, i can't stand it here and then you have this madman who could calls himself the last king of scotland just because he has a scottish friend and he's like no i'm the king of scotland now mm-hmm. and you see the terrible things that he's doing what's great is the fact that you know you see um James McAvoy's character, I forget his actual character's name, but you see him see uh, Forrest Whitaker's character is like, maybe this is the guy to, you know, turn things around. Maybe he's the one who can make everything better. And then you find out, no, he is just as crazy as every other Mm -hmm. uh, military general coup insurgent before him. Just power hungry. 
It's it's sad, really. It's a good one. It's yep. definitely worth a watch. Uh, I think that means we're to your number three, since my oh, number okay. four was Hotel Rwanda. District 9. Good choice. That's in my honorable mentions. Just missed my top five. Yeah. Whew, I, would, I did not expect this movie to be this good. Like, well, it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, it really did. Um, originally, the Halo movie, <laughs> for those of you who don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, it's just Peter Jackson's like, hey, I'm not going to make Halo anymore. Uh, do you want all this footage? And he said, sure. Yeah, that so, was Neil... Uh, Neil Blomkamp. Yeah. Uh, his first big movie. I think he worked with uh, Peter Jackson before... Mm-hmm. Um, and he is South African. Yeah. So it just and so is um, what's his name? The, I should well, it know. Makes his... a, it makes a lot of sense with the way he treats culturally what's going on there, and the th- the themes are layered so well into that thing. I want you to know, I didn't have to look it up. I actually remember. Good Char- job, Charlotte Copley. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Um. It it really turns it, uh, the cliche, you know, aliens arriving on its head, you know, because it's always like they arrive in New York or they arrive in Tokyo, you know, mm-hmm. Johannesburg, right? And, and then they and create, we've secluded them. And, yeah. And oh man, the metaphors in this movie mm-hmm. are through the roof. Yeah. I mean, man, they're good. And you know, South Africa's kind of known for not, you know, treating, you know, other races kindly <laughs> so the oh, you mean apartheid yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so you know it's just you know just it's a it's a powerful metaphor but at the same time you know it's i don't want to say accessible but i can't really think of another word for it you know it, it makes it understandable you know because mm-hmm. you can always like oh aliens you know we persecute aliens and then you realize oh that's really what's going on isn't it well and it becomes even more on the nose, so to speak, when you think of the idea of him things, becoming one. Well, these things, even in this country, going through, and the idea of aliens, you know, and yeah, it, it just the idea of comparing aliens to illegal aliens or whatever yeah. you want to say uh, is, yeah, it's it's worth thinking about those things. Yeah, for sure. Your number three. Uh, my number three. This is where I have the original Lion King. I had a number two, so that works. Uh, it's. Everything the new Lion King isn't. <laughs> or everything life. the new Lion King is except way better. <laughs> <laughs> there's life in it. There's joy in it. The vocal performances are great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I just, I love the original. It's such a spectacular. I've talked often about touring way back in the day, the Disney animated studios, and they had these stills. Uh, up on the wall from an uh, for an upcoming movie that was still two years to go. I think this was in like 1992, so it was still you know two years away or whatever. Yeah. We're remaking Hamlet. In That's Africa. what they said. They said this is from an upcoming project where we're telling the story of Hamlet through the African jungle, and I was like, what? <laughs> I remember even as even as a 17 year old or whatever I was then, I just, just remember going, your mind blown. yeah, it just kind of blew my mind. And then two years later, The Lion King <laughs> came out and. I loved it. Uh, the songs are great. Uh, in yeah. fact, I think for our member-only post-show, let's talk about our favorite Disney songs. I think that'll be a fun conversation. Okay, so, I actually like that. So we'll talk about that in the member post-show uh, for mm-hmm. our Patreon members. But um, but yeah, the songs in Lion King are so great. The movie's so great. 
I just, it's one of the best. So that was my number two. So what's your number two? Uh, my number two is Blood Diamond. That's my number one. <laughs> <laughs> well, since it's your number one, why don't you talk about it? Top 10 movie of all time. Yeah, um, I know you really like this movie. Leo's so great. Leo Are we sure is, his, his accent's okay? I have no idea. It sounds good to me. It but, sounds good to me, but as good as Leo is in this movie, he is being carried through this movie on the shoulders of Diamon Hansu. Yeah. That is one of the most powerful performances. Yes, 100% agree. Oh, man, he is good. And Jennifer Connelly's good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a against-all-odds story of a man who... It's it's a great metaphor or a, a display of what people hold as valuable, you know? Mm-hmm. You have Jennifer Connelly, who values truth. You have uh, Leo's character, who values money. And then you have Demons, who values family. And how they all kind of understand one another... To a lesser extent, Leo's driving force. He's he's really the means to an. Actually, all of them treat each other as a means to an end. Yeah. Know? yeah. Um, Leo was nominated for best actor, and for that so was Demon. I think mm-hmm. neither of them won. Nope. they should have. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a great movie. Again, showing you the horrors of child soldiers. Um, mm. And what actually, it, for a lot of people, nobody knew about Blood Diamonds until this movie came out. Now a lot of people know about Blood yeah. Diamonds. No, it's it's one of those examples of a movie really changing the cultural understanding of something. Yeah. That's not to be sold short that it does something like that. Yeah. I, I think that's really cool. Absolutely. So you're number one. My number one's Black Hawk Down. Yeah, man. I can't believe I forgot... Black Hawk Down. That would... <laughs> right? That was Somalia, I think. It is Somalia. You're yeah. 100% right. Man, okay, so move... That would be my number three. Okay. So Fair yeah, enough. just move everything down. Uh, this movie is so intense and yeah. so wonderful. Um, you've got great cast. You've got Ewan McGregor in <laughs> you there. You have everybody before they were famous Eric in this movie. Eric Bann is in there. Tom, Tom Sizemore. Yeah. Uh, Orlando Bloom's in there. Jason Isaacs. Yeah. Uh, Nikolai Coster Waldau. Yeah. From, before he was Jamie before Lannister. Before he was Jamie Lannister. He did not have a happy ending in this movie. Uh, William Fickner is in it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's a great cast. I didn't even mention Josh Hartnett. I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Uh, so it, it. There are movies that are just war movies, and then there are movies that are human movies that take place during war. And I think this is in the latter category. Yeah. And that that means something to me. So, uh, but yeah, this is a good one. This is a must watch. Yeah. Um, I think that Tony obviously is really good about that. I think Mel Gibson is also very good about that. Taking war movies and then, you know, putting actual people mm-hmm. to where you understand the gravity of what's going yeah. on. And this is Ridley Scott. Oh, I said Tony well. didn't. Yeah, I? yeah. I meant Ridley. Yeah, yeah. He he does good stuff. Yes, that he, Ridley Scott. He, he does. Makes, he makes good movies. <laughs> Honorable mentions. Sure. Yeah, because your number one was, was Blood Diamond. Was Blood Diamond. Yeah. Sure. We can go back and forth. Cool. Uh, the Ghost in the Darkness. Yep, I had that. Love that as movie. Well. First R-rated movie I ever saw. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Horrifying movie. Um, <laughs> you want to talk about a scary? You want to talk about what the real Lion King is like? Go and watch <laughs> the Ghost in the Darkness. Yeah, right? I've seen those real lions, by the way. 
Oh, yeah? I've seen them. They're at the Field Museum in Chicago. Interesting. They are terrifying to look at. I bet. Yeah. Uh, Captain Phillips. Do we count Captain Phillips? Absolutely. It's okay. technically off the coast of Somalia. Right. Um, Tom Hanks gives a greatest performance of all time That's... in the last 15 minutes of that <laughs> I movie. Know. Right. He's so good I mean, in that he's last 15 good. minutes. He's good in like the first half, uh-huh. but that last 15 minutes, I'm like... Okay, that might be that. Fifteen minutes might be one of the greatest performances. It of might all time. be his best acting moment. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of them. He's got a lot of great acting moments. <laughs> but that, but that, that moment, that there. moment is is really spectacular. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? Uh, I'm gonna go with Beasts of No Nation. That was my next one as was well. Was it? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a. Again, unfortunately, we just keep looking at all these child soldier, but it's an it's a. It's an epidemic. It's an issue. We, you know, mm-hmm. and what these movies do is they bring light to, so people know it. This is going on. This needs to be something we're all aware of. Uh, I'm going to go with um, the Queen of Cotway next, which is uh, about the little girl who learns how to play chess in Africa and how it changes her oh, family's life. I never life. saw that one. Is it it's, good? It's really good. That was a Disney movie. Wasn't it is it? a Disney movie. Okay, yeah. Um, and I really like. It's one of those that just kind of came and went. Nobody really saw it, or but I. It's well worth looking up. Yeah. It's really good. Machine Gun Preacher. Oh, I didn't have that one. Yeah, it's it's good movie. It's not great by any stretch, but it's good. Uh, Ten Commandments, worth mentioning. Yep. The Mummy. Which is that Africa? It's in Egypt. Technically, Egypt is Egypt on the is, continent yeah, of Africa, but it's yeah. in the Middle Eastern, like the uh, right. So it's it's we'll kind count of it. that's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good choice. Yeah. I didn't have it because I didn't think of it necessarily yeah. being in Africa. That's why I also have Prince of Egypt in my. Uh, oh yeah, I would have definitely. That might have been in my top five if I had considered that. Yeah, African, which I, I probably should have. Uh, we have to talk about. Casa- I understand why you wouldn't because Egypt. It's I don't think on, of it as Africa. Yeah, because it's technically on the continent, but it's not a member. It's not an African nation. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so uh, we have to talk about Casablanca. Do we? <laughs> I know you don't like it. I don't. Like it's that. a classic, though. Yeah, Gorillas in the Mist. Yeah, Ooh, I had that man. one. Sigourney the, killing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, African Queen. Have to mention that one as a classic as well. Invictus. Mm-hmm. Which Matt Damon, right? I, yeah, Matt Damon and Morgan Freeman. Um, I don't like that movie as much as everybody else did. I think it was nominated for Best Picture. I mean, I liked it. I, I mean, it was it a right. good movie, but I don't think it was like the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go with the English Patient. I do like the English Patient a lot. Yeah, I think Little it gets, Ray Fiennes. I I think it gets a little bit of hate because it got so much Oscar love that year. Well, um, what year did it come out? Because people were upset that it beat out something. Yeah, I think that's what it is. But it actually is a it is a good movie. Yeah, um, and worth a watch. While you're looking that up, I'm going to throw out Varunga. It's a documentary. Ooh, I don't know that one. Varunga mm-hmm. documentary. Um, it's going to make you cry your eyes out. It's about this. Uh, I don't think I don't know if it's in the Congo. It's technically the place is called Varunga. I don't know if it's in the Congo, but it's about this small little uh, sanctuary for gorillas that uh, uh, poachers and like this uh, military group are like, you know, closing in on. It is heartbreaking. Oh yeah. Oh man, it's it's a Netflix documentary. So. Um, it beat Fargo. That's what it was. It beat Fargo, Jerry Maguire, Secrets and Lies, and Shine. Yeah. So, I think it was probably Fargo. Probably Fargo. 
was probably the one. Um, I got a bunch more here, but I don't know that we need to talk about all of them. Well, that was all mine, so if you just want to run through yours real Amistad, quick. Amistad, uh, When yeah. We Were Kings. I liked The Good Lie with Reese Witherspoon. I don't know if you ever saw that. No. Um, I thought that was good. Have you have you ever heard of The Gods Must Be Crazy? It sounds. It's an old movie, Yeah, isn't it? it's yeah. an old African comedy, Yeah, uh, and it's really funny. Uh, out of Africa, we should probably mention as well. Yeah. I think that's pretty much all I had. <laughs> Coming so. to America. Parts of it take place in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, so there you He's go. He's the ruler of Zimbabwe. Our best ever uh, movies that take place uh, in Africa. So very nice. Yeah. All right. Before we head on to the Sift Quest, a huge thank you to all Sift Pop members. You are the real MVPs. Yes. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. Just so you remember, you will be in a drawing for this Jordan Peele two-pack of Blu-rays. Uh, we're giving away three two-packs of Us <laughs> and Get Out. I just forgot what the first one was there for a second. Yeah. Get Out and Us uh, to three different people. All Sift Pop members will be in that drawing, as well as anybody that sends us a Sift Quest this month. So you've got about 10 days uh, to get on that if you want to send us a Sift Quest. A lot of people have been. We thank you for that. We appreciate those coming in. Uh, and anybody who sends in a Sift Quest and anybody who is a Sift Pop member will be in that drawing. Uh, we will be giving three of those two packs away. Uh, thank you to Aaron this month who increased their membership <gasps> from $5 a month to a member of the Roofing Crew. Roofing up, Crew. Up to 20 bucks a month. Uh, I will be signing a shingle on my home. Uh, with his name and uh, videoing that and putting that up online. So. so many people just want you to fall off your roof. <laughs> I'll be honest, I didn't go up there this week because I've got two now that I need to do and I yeah. haven't done the first one yet either. Uh, it was really hot this week. <laughs> this I week, mean, it's a, it was... For those of you who don't know, in the Ozarks, it's in the hundreds right now yeah, with the heat index. It, it was rough this week. So I'm hoping to get that done this week and I'll get a shingle sign for both of you. I love that this is a level of membership requested by the members uh, based on something fun. That actually happened during a member hangout uh, we were talking about. I said something like, thanks for keeping a roof over my head and then somebody in the chat chat was like literally and i was like yeah we should do a level where yeah. i'll sign it and the whole thing happens so uh lots of fun and i will be signing those shingles and thank you for keeping a roof over uh my head here at sif pop hq uh we appreciate <laughs> it so if you would like to be a member of sif pop it's really easy you just go to patreon patreon.com slash pop lots of fun perks that come with it uh and thank you so much for supporting the the content that comes out of sif pop a lot of fun stuff there was a review that came out on the website today of um, the Farewell, the movie The Farewell that just came out. And I was just thinking how great it is that, you know, I didn't have a chance to see it, get some thoughts on it, but that Sif Pop is still has somebody writing on it and getting some thoughts out on it. And it's just, it's really cool what's happening at SifPop.com and you're a part of that. So thank you for that. Patreon.com slash SiftPop. All right, let's move on to the Sift Quest. This one comes to us from Izzy on email. Uh, via email, I should say. And by the way, that email is feedback at sifpop.com. Hey, Aaron and Andrew, thanks so much for your amazing podcast. You're it's welcome. my constant companion on my long walks with my dog. Aww. Aw, little puppers. Puppers. Or big puppers, I don't yeah. even know. Oh, you're all little puppers. For some context, my dad brings home heaps of films from the library for our family movie nights. It can be hard to tell sometimes what makes him choose a certain movie. He brought home A Million Ways to Die in the West. But it often has a lot of awards or a star-studded cast. So on to my question, what element attracts you most 
to a film and does the marketing affect your choices? Yeah, Aaron, does the marketing affect your choices? <laughs> no, not really much at all. For me, very much so. Because I think that if you look at a movie like The Cloverfields, they know how to market a movie or to See, get you that's what I was going to say. This is the one way marketing can affect me is if it's a mystery. If you're marketing a mystery to me, and I don't mean like a mis- like a mystery movie. Sure. I just mean like if you're marketing like... Oh, I have knows, no idea what this movie's I'm, about. Right. Then I'm in. Like that, that actually will attract me. Yeah. That's the one way the marketing actually could yeah. impact me. Uh, for me, um, and I'm sure for you as well, it, it all comes down to patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, you see a director and you see that them, if they're working with a writer that they've worked with before or an actor they've worked with before, and you know that they put out work that you like, you know, you just kind of, we, we see enough movies where you just pick up on those patterns, really. Yep. Yeah, it's about a history of success. Yeah. The more a director or an actor or a studio or whatever has a history of success, yeah. the more I'm likely to choose their film to see. Yeah. Now, we live in a little bit of a different world where we see something every week. Uh, for several years there, I was seeing every single thing that came out to theaters. Yeah. Uh, again, I no longer have to do that, uh, for which I am thankful because it does take a lot of time. And uh, actually, it was probably just run, running you down on your appreciation and love for movies. Uh, having maybe, to see maybe everything. a little bit. I, you know, that would be difficult to do. I really like movies. <laughs> It'd be a tough job for you to actually make me hate movies. Uh, but but yes, I for me it is Alfred Hitchcock. You know, making North by Northwest and Psycho and Vertigo and just going, okay, Hitch, you've got me. I'll go back and watch everything you did. Yeah. Uh, It's Pixar in knocking out out of the park for so many years and go, okay, I'm in. You know, Disney has a little bit of brand loyalty, too, with me, where it's like Zootopia and Big Hero 6 and Frozen and just making great movies. The MCU. (laughs) The MCU is another example. So when there's a history of success that is by far my biggest motivator in choosing what I'm excited to see, what I'm anticipating, what I'm... For instance, here's here's a great example this year. There's a movie coming out later this year. It's my most anticipated movie. Uh, Star Wars of of the year that is outside of kind of those typical big names. Knives Out. Oh yeah. Why yeah, am yeah. I so excited about this movie, Andrew? Why why am I pumped to go see this? I haven't seen a single trailer. I haven't seen anything. Why am I excited? Amazing cast. Amazing cast and amazing Ryan, and Ryan Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where that's going for me going to determine almost more than anything else. Yeah. Um, I so. mean, he's made one good movie. <laughs> He's made more than one great movie, Andrew. He's made nothing but great movies. He's amazing. Sure, buddy. Uh, The only other thing I could think of, a distant second in this for me, is genre. That's probably a a distant second for me where it's like, oh, I love sci-fi movies or I love musicals, Mm -hmm. right? So... If there's a mute, for instance, cats. We didn't talk anything about cats this episode, which we probably should. Uh, the polar opposite of Lion King, <laughs> where you see no human facial expressions at all. You obviously don't watch trailers. No, so. I don't. But I saw stills. Yeah. And people freaking out. And I just have one question: Have they not seen what the Broadway were musical? You expecting? That's this exactly is, what the Broadway musical looks like. This is like you could have told me. That the cat's trailer was dropping and show in 
and I would have, this is what I would have imagined. Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand why people are freaking out. Like, I don't either. I, if you don't like it, that's fine. But you should have known you weren't going to like it because that's what it's always been. I am so confused by the response to the Cats trailer. You're not um, alone. I'm right there with you. I'm like, it's people who I guess are too young. I think it's a loud young minor or no. i mean i'm just saying t- tweet after tweet about you yeah. know my eyeballs this abomination you know i'm just like that's exactly what the broadway musical looks like what? and that's what they're trying to do they're trying to make it look like the broadway musical well i bring it up because i love musical i'm gonna go see cats i'm excited to go yeah. see cats i andrew lloyd weber is a really interesting uh lyricist i, I kind of like what he does yeah. i don't always love it but yeah. when it's working i mean phantom of the opera is beautiful you know so it's just it's one of those things where genre can be that that second thing from for me a distant second that makes me decide to see something you gotta go see what rumple teaser and mccavity are all about (laughs) mr mustafa bees yeah that's lloyd Webber's. i mean jesus christ superstar's got some great stuff in it too lloyd Webber's nothing to sneeze at you don't like lloyd Webber? uh he's hit and miss okay phantom of the opera's pretty good other than that, well, even that's not even his original work. <laughs> uh, I mean, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yeah. Just, yeah, he's not for me. Okay, fair enough. But I appreciate those who like him. I mean, you want to talk about Broadway and who's been a success on Broadway. I think he's at the top. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But in, in it's no guarantee I'll like it. This yeah. is where genre differs from history of success. Yeah. When I'm dealing with, and this is, again, why History of Success is the bigger one for me. When I'm dealing with History of Success, I have a much higher percentage of success yeah. rate than when I'm dealing with genre. I Chicago's a musical. I didn't like Chicago. I didn't think it was that great. I can't believe it won Best Picture. That blows my mind. Um, so there's, there's more. That was Hooper mis- 2, wasn't it? That was, uh, no, that was. Why do, why do I want to say Rob Marshall? Because um, you're probably right. You know what? If you Google Chicago, the musical isn't the first thing to come up. You kind of got to go to IMDb. (laughs) While you're looking that up, um, I'll go with, yes, genre. Yeah, Rob Marshall. I'm going to off-branch on that with concept as well, because sometimes you take a look at... Yes, good call, good call. There's an unknown coming up. There was one a couple years ago by a guy named Damien Chazelle nobody'd ever <laughs> right? heard of and you see this concept for a movie with JK Simmons called Whiplash and you're like ooh that looks intriguing who is this Damien Chazelle guy you know the concept of it was just so unique and original mm-hmm. and it turned out to be one of the best movies of all time but concept movies can also turn out to be really bad if you oh. don't do your concept well and that can be really frustrating uh, but I agree. Concept is another one to get me in the seat. You know, if I think it has a really clever, interesting concept, I will want to see it. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I think the name of the movie was Morgan. Uh, it was about the girl from the Vivitch, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, it was the, it was the son of some very famous director. Uh, well, <clears throat> the most recent example for me of a movie that, that doesn't, that takes a great concept that gets me in the seat and then does nothing with it is yesterday. Um, so that's, that's an example yeah. of a movie where I wanted to see it because of the concept, but I had a disappointing experience because the concept didn't feel lived up to for me. So yeah. that's, that is why again, history of success is always going to be the biggest portion of that pie. Yeah. Uh, it was a, 
It was called Morgan, and it was Luke Scott, Ridley Scott's son. So I was like, ooh, maybe he's got some directing chops just like Daddy, and he don't. <laughs> well, at least yet. Yet, <laughs> yeah. Give people some chance to grow, figure it out. Yeah. Because the concept for that movie seemed really cool. Nobody really knew what it was about. Just this girl who looked like she had enhanced abilities. Was she even human? What's going on? Ooh, I'm intrigued. That concept sounds cool. And then you didn't like it. Neither of us did. I remember our review. We trashed that movie. Oh, wow. I must have really had. I didn't even remember. I didn't even know. I I don't even know what movie you're talking about. Anya Taylor-Joy and... uh, who else? Is that from? funny that I would see a movie, review it, and I don't even wouldn't even know that it was a movie. We hated this movie. I'm just going to tell you right now, we hated. That this makes movie. sense. I don't hold on to things I hate, so yeah. it makes sense that I kind of flushed it. <laughs> really, I kind of do. No, I know <laughs> because you're not alone. Yeah, because like I'm not even lying. The other day, I was just thinking, I, I was just doing something and just stopped. And like, Man, The Circle was a horrible movie. <laughs> it really was. That was a horrible That's movie. That's another one I flushed. It takes a real special kind of horrible for me not to flush. The kind of special that M. Night Shyamalan might make a, based on one of my favorite animated shows of all time. Yeah. That's the real kind of special that, yeah. that I don't let go of. But other than That's that, I That's a passion pretty, hate. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Izzy. We appreciate your email. If you have a SIF quest, again, uh, you'll be entered into the drawing for the Jordan Peele Blu-rays. All you got to do is email uh, feedback at sifpop.com is the best way. Uh, to make sure you get entered into that drawing. You can connect with us on Twitter. I will do my best to enter SIF quests that come in on Twitter or other places into the drawing, but I cannot promise anything because uh, it's just it's harder for me to arrange. Those are just, they come in in weird times, and sometimes I miss them. So email is your best opportunity always to yeah. make sure your SIF quest gets seen. Uh, all right, let's move on to the buried treasure. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? I'll let you go first. Uh, I think it's time to talk about Naked and Afraid. Um, I haven't, find, s- haven't started this new one yet. Uh, well, I had never seen an episode. Oh, uh, and now it is my go-to. Um, what's it, what would be Discovery. the word? Well, Survival. No, 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 the the word for a show uh, like casual attention show. It's my go-to show when I'm working on something. If I if Your I background want background viewing. Yes, exactly. So it's it's up at the top, and I've plowed through the first six seasons uh, <laughs> in the last few weeks. Um, it's really fascinating to me because. These people that they are putting in this 21-day challenge, um, there's a variety. (laughs) You get some wackos in there. Yeah. There were back-to-back episodes I recently saw from the same season where people were talking about killing the person that was out there with them. And it was like, and they had to pull them. And it was like, could you maybe do a better psyche, Val, before you send these people out on this thing? Um, So it's fascinating to me in that way. The survival thing is always fascinating to me. I love survival shows. 60 Days In. Um, Or not 60 Days In. uh, What? Alone. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, the new season of Alone is great again. I'm loving Alone. Uh, Alone is the ultimate for me. I think that's not Survivor, or uh, do you count it as a different? Well, no, no, no. I mean the ultimate survival show. I got Survivor is the best, but it's a reality show first and a survival show second. Yeah. Um. So yeah, alone is them really putting skills to the test. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, and you know, honestly, I thought the nudity thing was a gimmick to begin with. It really isn't. There really is a part of it that is just being in nature with just the one item you get to take the machete or the fire starter or whatever you choose. Yeah. Um, that's it's not a gimmick. It really does change things because the bugs become more of an issue. You know, you just the vulnerability becomes more of an issue. People and that just, awkwardness of being with another naked person, that's gone yeah. really quickly. It's yeah. just the human body. It just it is what it is. You got to roll around in mud, get all those bugs off of you. Yeah, it's so it, it is a really fascinating show yeah. to me. So it's it's alone with with less time and clothing and, and more butts. That's yeah. it's basically what it is. <laughs> yep. Um, I know this is already, it's not a buried treasure for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. But this is for the audience in case they haven't picked it up yet. Penn and Teller Fool Us. Oh, yes. Because they've added something this season that is great and I absolutely love it. David Copperfield. <laughs> so you saw the Copperfield episode? I think they're going to be keep doing that, aren't they? No, no, no. It was just the one episode. What? Then I was lied to. Oh, really? The the thing I read is like, because it showed up like on my, uh, disc, it's a uh, mm-hmm. CW, right? Yeah. That, that was, he was going to be coming back every single episode to uh, try and like get, uh, get them to fool. Oh, no, no. Well, now I, I'm just really upset. Well, it's but this is one of the greatest seasons I've ever seen. I, is it? I, oh, it's so good. Uh, this show is the beauty of magic in a, in a TV show. The idea of wanting to be fooled, the way Penn and Teller interact with these magicians is so beautiful and positive. I and, love the code talk. Uh, the code talk is great. Um, Do you feel like you're starting to pick up on the code talk? Well, I've always picked up on a little. I'm kind of a magic geek in some ways, so I've always picked up on a little bit of it. Not all of it. Um, And I know how some of the tricks are done or have, you know, a good inkling. Basic premise. Yeah, basic premises of how a lot of them are done. And so I'm kind of sitting there in many ways also wanting to be fooled because those moments, like I think Kostya Kimla, I don't know if you saw his first time on the show he's been on either two or three times now his first time on the show he was he was the bug guy this season right he ate the bug i don't remember that i just remember his first card trick where he just he they were it was close-up magic they were both up there and he laid everything out in front of them and you in pin during the entire trick is just getting angrier and angrier because he knows that something amazing is going to happen he has no idea how it's going to happen and he throws a chair at the end and it's just like yeah i've seen that one oh it's it's really great i i just i love this show uh the david copperfield episode have you so you've seen it yeah 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 i've seen that one it was kind of awkward it was really because they were like they really wanted to fool him and they're like are you sure you know how yeah to do? well i think they were pretty sure they did fool him but yeah. he was not he was he vague-ish. was being a little bit stubborn about it yeah. being like no I didn't think it. but but uh, yeah so it kind of got a little bit awkward there for a second but uh it was fascinating yeah. anyway so did i ever tell you that i got to talk to shin lim from, oh no yeah. yeah whenever i did a uh, breakdown of penn and teller fullest i did it on his episode oh yeah i think i remember you do yeah you mentioned uh, that yeah he uh, left me a couple messages on on youtube that's great yeah he was on fullest and then of course he won america's got talent twice yeah he won the champions edition too so 
Yeah. That, that dude is a great performer. He might be my favorite, like, uh, performer on Penn & Teller Foolish. Yeah, there's some really good ones this year. Yeah. Uh, it's well, been a lot of fun. Now I got to be disappointed that they're not going to be having David Copperfield. I thought that was going to be a running thing. <laughs> Don't be thing. disappointed. It's still it's so great. There's I, They I'm, do some fun stuff. I'm still going to watch every single episode. It's, I, it's I always so watch every episode. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a buried treasure worth bringing up every year. Yeah. Because not enough people watch that show. Yeah, uh, even I don't if, want it to go away. I mean, my whole family loves it. They're not like huge magic geeks like me. It's just fun to watch a magic trick and be amazed and not know how it's done. And yeah, yeah. So I I forgot to tell you, I picked up one of your buried treasures. Oh, which one? Holy moly! Ah, you enjoying it? Oh man, Rob Riggles. He's the best. Right? <laughs> he's so funny. Oh, he's so he makes that show worth watching. Everything else in that show is okay. It's kind of fun. Yeah. But Rob Riggle is just. His delivery, his mm-hmm. deadpan delivery on everything is so great. Even Steve, Stephen Curry is really funny, too. Whenever yeah. he's in that smoker's jacket and uh-huh. he's just doing that. The like really, the deep thoughts Yeah, the deep thoughts, you yeah. know, the more you knows. <laughs> no, that show is really funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it. No, it is really funny. Um, yeah. Very nice. Well, there you go. We did it, man. Yeah, we did. We did a podcast. Woo! I'm always excited. When we set out to do a podcast and then we accomplish that task. I don't think we've ever proud failed. Of us. Have we? <laughs> <laughs> We're 201 well, uh, of this iteration without depends, messing up. It depends on what you mean by failed. You know? I mean, I mean if, you did if, die. If, if vanilla is too exciting for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching for Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Thank you, buddy. I'm not going to thank Phil because he's a slacker. (laughs) He's not a slacker. We said when we began we wouldn't necessarily be doing video for all of the episodes. Um, So we do not have video this week, but we still need to thank Phil. He does amazing work. Even if he's not here, he still edits the podcast gets it up on time he's doing great stuff so i expect him to do an animation (laughs) of our live action he's gonna do a reverse lion king so we can put it up on youtube yeah makes sense uh much love and gratitude to our members of sif pop as well for giving monthly to support it starts at three bucks a month get access to every bonus episode we're gonna be talking about our favorite disney songs in this week's member bonus episode again just starts at three bucks a month and some fun perks there for you to check out um also uh thank you so oh by the way that's patreon.com slash sifpop is where you go patreon.com slash sifpop lots of ways to connect with podcast uh you can email us feedback at sifpop.com or hit us up on twitter uh at flick freaks and at aaron dicer uh, also comment rate or leave a review at your podcast player throw some stars at us on uh, apple podcast we'd appreciate it and finally if you're having a good time your movie loving friends will probably like it too so make sure you let them know about the show and that listening is much easier than winning a voice off with jeremy irons Uh, We do not have any spoiler chat this week, but we will be back next week uh, with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.